Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits coming at you from the Recycle Garage from sunny Santa Cruz. It is a nice day today. Yes, Lots of it shit. Is. Yes. Lots of shit going on today. Tonight we have Liza. Hey there. Zach. Present. Lucas. Yeah. Bagel. Hey, hey, hey. Mason. Burritos. <laughs> James. What's up? Uh, donut. Oh! <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I am your host, Knock. Thank you, Knock. Yeah. So what did we do today? A lot of shit, apparently. Cindy and Matt got their engine back together, and it didn't blow up, and it started. Nice. All right. We were talking about them last week. I was talking to Cindy, like, I know I kind of threw you under the bus a little bit. She's like, no, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> nice. Very understanding. But it was. it's always so exciting when somebody's been working. <gasps> I just found another piece of Easter candy in the garage. Uh-oh. I called dibs on the chocolate bunny up oh. there. That's all chocolate you. bunny. That's not even Where is it at? doesn't yes. count. Have it. Ugh. Nice. As far as you know, it's been there for years. It? Yeah, last week was Easter, and I hid candy all over the garage. And <laughs> no, we usually find it for the next year. Is, yeah, is that from last week or last year? No, that's last week. I put it there <laughs> and forgot about it. Um, it, it started. It's always exciting when somebody, for the first time, or even the tenth time, rebuilds an engine, and then it actually yeah. cranks yeah. right up. ran it's in beautiful. two shots. It's awesome. She was very excited. Yeah. But then she... Um, Went back to do some finished assembly. I guess she had just some miscellaneous things. And this is another thing I was saying, how Matt and Cindy are doctors, and they're book smart. They don't really know what they're doing, but they're pretty detail-oriented. So she called me over, and right behind the front sprocket, there was a couple in the engine case, some threaded screw holes. She says, I'm just curious. um, The sprocket cover has two holes to mount the sprocket cover but there are three threaded openings here Hmm. so i'm curious what's that third one for kudos to her for paying attention (laughs) and i realized there was wiring uh from the harness going into the engine there wiring stay and there were wires touching the sprocket and that was a little metal clip that was a wire stay that mm-hmm. held them off in the sprocket. And I said, you know what? You know, better at this, man. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> kudos, yeah, kudos to Cindy for having the to notice an extra hole and question what it's for. There's yeah. a reason why all the things are there. It saved her a heart. Sometimes they're like extra bosses and extra holes, though. It's yeah. weird. So depending but on maybe if it's a Honda. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's going to know the reason, it's though. Liza, Liza was pointing out to me today, uh, this, this morning, that her Versus has a, a bunch of these random holes and, and some of them are threaded and some of them aren't and uh, it turns mm-hmm. out well you can explain yeah they're from the uh, assembly line for um, yeah for holding the frame up oh alignment and the, stuff and yeah, yeah. there's stuff like that and so I oh. uh, yeah, I found these different holes that people use to mount auxiliary lights or stuff like that. That's pretty cool. But it's like, yeah, it is suspicious when you get a bike new from the factory and there are these empty holes. <laughs> Just fill it with JB Weld, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, Sage did some stuff today. I wasn't here earlier today. Okay, I was beat, this but... is Sage is an Idiot Part 2. <laughs> Uh-oh. Are we going to talk about his gardening clothes again? <laughs> uh, I saw a dude riding around yesterday with uh, bro top and, and, and uh, shorts. It was it was hilarious. You got, I got to just give a fuck. I want to say we all love Sage. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Can Sage. we talk about Sage and his Frankensteinian 
What is it? It's a ZX6R. ZX6R. That's an 03 frame with a, like an 06 engine. And he came in. He lost his lights again. His front lights went out. Last time he lost his front lights, for some reason, the headlight wire. Now, a lot of this is cobbled together. It's, yeah. So I just said, you know what? Let's just find a random switched power live wire somewhere in the front of the bike and put a jumper to it. Let's cobble it a little bit more. Well, it's already cobbled. (laughs) There is no uncobbling. It's cobbled. So all you can do is further cobble. So we did that, and that worked for a few weeks, and then it died. And he came in today, and he says, well, no, I checked the fuse. I don't know what it is. And as we're (laughs) troubleshooting, trying to find another live wire, we then lost entire power to the whole bike. (laughs) You know, when you're doing something, and it just keeps going backwards, (laughs) you know? One step forward, two steps back. And I'm like, you know, check the fuse. And he checks the fuse. And he's like, no, all the fuses are good. I checked them. Now, disclaimer, I'm kind of randomly jumping around between like five different people helping them. So it's like everyone get like 60 seconds of my attention and then I'd move on. So um, he calls me back. No, I checked the fuses. I noticed in his fuse box, it was all these 10 amp fuses and then one 30, a green one. Yeah. I said, well, there's your main. He goes, no, look, it says it's a spare. <clears throat> Uh, okay. What's it a spare to then, Dangling? <laughs> it's a phantom fuse spare. If it's, a, I said, did you consider the fact that you have a thirty somewhere else that's not in the fuse panel? Everyone goes through this. Yeah. Everyone goes through the yeah. discovery of the hidden fuses. <laughs> so of course, on the starter solenoid was the other thirty main fuse mm. of which he replaced, and we got the power back and. How did that thing blow to begin with? Did some of you just ground out or something and it blew the... Uh... I have no idea. <laughs> cobbled. The thing is cobbled. <laughs> it is the cobbling. It is cobbled. And we never did... And he found out that his headlight fuse has had blown too. Yeah. However, that, hmm. that did not return the power to the headlight wires. So we just... I. The other thing too, he had his uh, ignition switch is janky. <laughs> and... He has two bolts hold the ignition switch in. One of them snapped off, and he's too lazy to get the easy out and remove it. <laughs> you mean the key ignition or the, the key ignition? Oh, oh, yeah. The other bolt, I kept yelling at him because he had it zip tied, and the whole ignition is just kind of ja- you know, jangling around in there, which I know can cause problems. And I kept works. insisting that he get a bolt and bolt it into the one good hole properly, which he told me he did, except it was two inches too long. The- so it's got this like long. So it was extra just still around. sliding around. Oh my god! I'm like Jesus sage. Like go get, go like, get a right bolt. Like we don't have a whole wall of. Like bolts. we don't have a <laughs> hardware store in here, literally. Um, and then we managed. I said, "Look, here's your ignition wires. You're gonna have switch power here. Let's just let's just jump to one of those. Call it good. We got it working. He's done. He's out. But." The funny thing is, he gets the bike all back together, and I'm like, okay, you're good, right? Okay, you're good. He's like, yeah, I'm good. See ya. Takes off. (laughs) But like 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, he pushes the bike bike back into the parking lot. And I immediately look up, and we all start laughing. And I said, you didn't connect the fuel, did you? (laughs) because <laughs> yep. we had the tank off and he had that sheepish look he goes yep 
<laughs> like he knew. At least he's learning. He's each a time. busy kid, man. He's got places to be, I guess. And I didn't even look at his. Well, that's why I said tank I said, lines. It's, it's just that simple stuff. But yeah, he got it Details. together. He's running again for now. I don't know. We had we had newcomers today. A couple of newcomers. One in particular, uh, a hipster Steve. Hipster <laughs> Steve. <laughs> You're laughing. It's not even funny though. <laughs> it's extremely this tight is, pants. No. For yeah. <laughs> he was, was, was pretty for real hipster. I thought, yeah. I thought they were, uh, what were they? The, the spandex jean jeggings. Oh, jeggings. How does he fit in those, dude? He, look, he looks like he got poured into the. <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy, guy. Vac- Vacuum action, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> this could very well transition to a Megan as mean uh, segment. All right. but, uh, Megan wasn't as mean as I was. I think I was meaner. <laughs> <laughs> so, hipster Steven, he was downtown and he ran into Andrew just like Jake did up at the cafe a guy with a bike who knows us you, you mean me uh, did I say you said uh, Jake. Jake sorry Zach um, and <laughs> so Andrew knows when he gets a newbie who comes up to him and asks him about motorcycles he just sends them to us <laughs> so he cool. shows up nice guy and he's like hey I'm thinking of getting into riding and the whole you know the whole sh- thing and I didn't I say Zach can't you handle this one Oh, I totally just bailed. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I hear somebody say, Liza. I was inside. I'm like, somebody go handle it. No, dude, John- Jonathan and like a bunch of other people were like, oh, let's show you all the bikes. Let's look at that. And I just like, you know, totally just kept so on doing what I was doing. I'm inside and I'm just hearing blah, 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 Cafe Racer, blah, 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 Honda CB350, blah, blah, blah. And I, I just like the look of it, you know? And it's like, okay. <laughs> now, I-, I wanted to say, disclaimer, yes, we're calling him hipster steven but he, he totally owned up to it right? he owned up to it. <laughs> that's yeah. okay that's respectable he, he, he told, he told megan he's totally a hipster douche megan, megan was like only a hipster douche should wear these gloves and he's like uh, well i guess i'm a hipster douche. You, know, you know what's funny he's like hey come down to the recycle garage these guys will help you out and he just leaves all insulted and shit <laughs> that's how we do it i'm gonna oh. i'm gonna take my hipster shoes and go home <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah so he got a lesson uh he wanted to you know, he's like, I think I want a you know a cafe racer, and I was t- I was told maybe like a CB three fifty is a cool buy, yeah. you know, the usual thing. Sure. And I kind of do my roll my eyes and I <laughs> prepare, and then I'm like, Megan, you're the bike matchmaker. You go talk to him. He's got three thousand dollar budget. I told him he should not spend that much on his first bike. No. So she comes well, no, back to me gear. with yeah. a Craigslist ad for an eighteen hundred dollar. XL350. It was a pretty good deal. A 1976 XL350. No shit. It was in really good condition, too. It was in good condition. Low miles. But then Megan and I started having it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So I said, no. A, a newbie should not be getting a vintage bike when they don't know how to wrench at all, unless they want to get into riding and wrenching simultaneously, which is a lot of fun. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. But if you want to learn to ride... <laughs> get a more reliable bike if you can afford it if all you can afford is some $500 thing then you're going to be wrenching and riding and that's cool but if you can afford something reliable when you're starting you definitely should have so Megan and I were having it out she's like no he needs to buy gear he needs money for gear he can't spend that much money he does need money for gear Besides, he can't go riding around in those shoes so I, I, I sat him down and, and, and I gave him the speech I said here's the deal dude you need to learn how to ride. When you're riding an older bike, you need to already be aware of 
the road. You're almost you're subconsciously riding because you also need to be in tune to the bike. What's going on with the bike? Is yeah. it making a different sound? Does it feel different? You know, when you're learning, you can't. You need to focus on the road and not even be tuned into the bike. You need to trust the bike is running well. That's what I told him too. I'm like, you might not even like riding, and then you're going to end up with a bike that's you know a project that you don't even want to work on. Yeah. Also, I said when I hear somebody come in and say they want a cafe racer, that's because cafe racers are hip and cool. I said you can't buy into the cool club. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Yeah, get off That's why. They, that's why if you take your hipster bike and sell it in San Francisco, you can get like three times what it's worth. <laughs> no, I said you can't. You can't just buy into the cool club and be one of the cool kids. You need to learn to ride first. Oh, you can certainly I said, try. I said you try. You won't. You, can you may not last long. When you actually know what. What a cafe racer is and what's involved with keeping a vintage bike going, then I would be glad to help you get one. But until then, you need to look at ninjas and nighthawks and shadows and who gives a fuck if it's cool or not. You should get a Magna, bro. (laughs) I like how you shattered his image of what motorcycling should be or is. That's what happens, you know, you get you fall in love with this idea of, of motorcycling the idea these, these hipster guys do like, it. they watch fucking Easy Rider and they're like oh I'm gonna be so counterculture hip if I have a motorcycle <laughs> and they're like oh I wanna totally be that guy and you're like hey it actually involves a lot of hard work responsibility and it's I not cheap either dark. Yeah. <laughs> sparks everywhere sparks <laughs> yeah. but does it does it give you more hipster cred if you actually can wrench on your bike or would that be less sure. I think it gives think you so. definitely more hipster cred I, I think it okay. gives you more hipster cred yeah alright well there's that My I th- no, did, the did, most hipster thing you can do is like go take it home from the shop and then like rub grease on your arms and just be like, yeah, <laughs> I wrenched on my own bike. That's the most hipster thing you do. Is that, sure, is that just poser? Yeah. What's the difference? There is a fine line, I suppose. It, it's like a mainstream interpretation of subculture, right? Yeah. So. Exactly. True. Well. So so he got the speech, and he, he agreed, and then Megan agreed, and Megan was helping him look up Nighthawks. I said, look, learn to ride, and then in six months, when you've grown out of it, when you actually know what you want and what you think is cool and what fits you. When you're a grown what, boy. And what kind of riding you want to do, and, and Bagel, in your defense, I said, hey, you might want a sumo to go carve the hills. You might want a scooter just to get to and from work and and a grocery getter mm. you know or you might want a touring bike or cruiser you have no idea what you want he's pretty elated to take a ride in the back of that scooter oh yeah uh-huh. <laughs> you know what's great is like you're introducing him to the idea that there are a tons of subcultures in motorcycling yeah it's yeah. always a good thing so more, more to consider megan yeah, said you know what, dude get gear and you know get your permit and then we can help you and so we took him next door and happened to have a uh helmet i think thanks from stan there was a pretty decent newer helmet oh cool it fit him and yeah and a summer mesh jacket that fit you left with some gear yeah okay but the reason we're calling him the hipster douchebag is (laughs) i didn't have many good gloves somebody gave me some like fingerless like weightlifting (laughs) (laughs) and he's like the kind that make you look so tough he picked those up and i said dude all right you can have those if you want them for like a Halloween costume, but you can't wear those on a bike. And I and then later I saw him walking around with them, wearing them. He was loving them. Yeah. So that's why Megan. You can't like, change him, dude. He's hipster Steve. <laughs> that's why Megan. Yeah, Megan's like a uh, hipster douchebag. Uh, so he got some gear from us, and he's got a good idea of what he wants. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's cool. We got new victims. Um, Zach, <laughs> uh, what'd you do today? 
Uh, well, I started by doing an oil change in my shadow, yeah. which went smoothly. Cool. Um, and then we started working on the CB, and we tried to get it fired up off the IV bag, but uh, that couldn't really get it to work. The starter was being a real pain. It does this thing that when you try to start it, the it'll, yeah. it'll just like and then it just grinds. And then you have to, you have to wait till it totally stops, and then try to press the starter. Isn't again. it funny how it sounds like horrible, horrible things are uh, happening in yeah. there? But then when you took it all apart, yeah. So we, we pulled it apart, and I, I fully expected all the teeth and all the gears to be like metal shavings, all fucked and up, bits yeah. and pieces <laughs> totally everywhere almost spotless um mm, the so teeth were totally fine it turned out that it looked like this it, it was a starter clutch yeah yep were you able to fix that or um it- i th- yeah i think so we, we pulled it out right. and there's these three rollers that kind of interface with the flywheel to mm-hmm. do the I- input into the crankshaft and so we pulled out the the clutch and one of the pins looked like it had been bashed out a little bit so mm-hmm. one of the springs didn't have as much tension as it should mm-hmm. so i took a couple copper washers out of the side room and filed them down to fit mm. two copper washers was all it took to get nice. the tension that it needed and we the battery is charging now it didn't have enough charge uh to run for very long but once you got it running it didn't slip anymore didn't cool. seem to i mean excellent we'll see yeah it didn't sound like the uh penny was dropped into garbage disposal no <laughs> you started it it's, it's, it's nice that's a good description of yeah it. it's no what, what what it what it was is that when the starter would turn the flywheel the clutch would just let go and the flywheel would spin freely so that sound was the was the gear teeth mm. whacking against each other as Ugh. the flywheel uh. spinning freely there wasn't any actual gear teeth snapping in there so I think that was a good example of like for you and Jonathan working on the bike and it's like just start taking stuff apart see yeah. how it works because you really have no idea and then you get in there and find all the different gears that go to another gear and you know nice. yeah. the flywheel yeah. and like yeah it, it, was, it was cool it's amazing that all it took was two little tiny I think number four copper washers filed oh, cool. down to it's always a two it. cent part it's always yeah. a two cent part preventing your it's like oh when you're two millimeters of spacer and that would fix it yeah mm-hmm. and there it was <laughs> james so i didn't really do that much today i was kind of you got some well, shit though i saw no your valve covers coming off your cb 550 has an issue it has well it has a few issues um the the most i guess the one that prevents me from riding it is one of my ignition coils went bad. I, mm-hmm. I diagnosed that today. I had a I had a feeling that it was the ignition coil earlier on. I tested it with a multimeter and it seemed like it was okay. Now what Honda says in the service manual is you, you test the, the um, high resistance uh, cables that go to the spark plugs from the coil for continuity. And then you test the, uh, I think it's the leads on the other end of the coil. Oh, I see. Uh, for continuity. And if that checks out, then it should be okay. Um, but what I did today was I, I just, I actually swapped the um, the inputs to the coils to see if I would get a spark. I told them to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I didn't get a spark. So I know one coil is definitely bad. When you said it was a two and three cylinder not getting spark, it's kind of the tip off. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is the two and three is also when you think about the ignition system it's also the it could be the the point or the condenser mm-hmm. for the two and three because one and four fire together and then two and three or they're timed together yeah. mm-hmm. they don't fire at exactly the same time um 
But anyways, one of my coals is bad, and I also need to do a top-end rebuild because last time I checked, I had bad compression. There's oil that kind of seeps out of the side, mm -hmm. so I figure I might as well just do it all at once. Yeah. And I started to take off the valve cover, and well, I took off the valve cover, and I'm now doing the top end although just a note if it's got bad compression and it's leaking oil it might not be the top end rebuild it might just be a cylinder head gasket well i figure well i i already got rings for it so mm. i'm just going to do it all at once <laughs> okay um i don't think it's been well judging by the age of the seals and how like hard all of the the gaskets are or the not not the gaskets but the seals um it probably hasn't had a rebuild in many Since years new. yeah <laughs> oh, that may be so i figured new piston rings wouldn't help yeah. or wouldn't hurt okay but you're getting into this dangerous territory you're gonna now have two engines apart hmm. yes well one yeah. that counts anyways the other one you could just chop up and throw in the garbage can. well yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can just the chinesium it. can disappear yeah it's, really it's the it. circle of life man everything on that bike was a pot at one point then it became metal parts on a motorcycle and then you can put it back into its pot form <laughs> it's the circle of chinese <laughs> the circle of scrap lucas you did some shit you got some stuff bolted on today yeah dude you? i worked pretty hard yeah. um i had two goals today i kind of failed at one one was getting everything put back together so it'd be street legal and i didn't have the time to do that I would need to put on the rear uh, tail fairings that I got with all the lights, which shouldn't be a hard job. It should only be like 30 minutes to an hour. That fairing is actually in surprisingly good condition for an eBay find. It but was it was you, like 180 bucks. Yeah. Um, and if I bought them all OEM, it would be like 550 or 600. So yeah. you, you actually got your fairings finally? Yeah. I did. How did, how did that? How did that work out? <laughs> okay, six hundred now. No, so, <laughs> I ordered a bunch of stuff and uh, like five different items, and the items that I got through FedEx were sent straight to my door, no problems. But the items, the other three, were sent through the postal service, and for some reason, either eBay fucked up or the postal service fucked up or the sellers fucked up, but they didn't put my apartment number on the package so the post office gets it from like fucking wisconsin or some shit and shows up here and they take it to my door and they're like oh there's no apartment number so they go to back to the post office and then immediately send it back across the freaking country <laughs> return to sender a week later the seller's like what the fuck why do i have the part that you ordered here and i'm <laughs> like it's a long story dude so uh i asked him to send it back to me and he, he was actually pretty cool about it he said yeah i'll send it back through so fedex whose fault was it that the apartment number wasn't on there i have no idea i don't care i just want my shit <laughs> you know but i finally got it back but unfortunately i didn't put it on um i was more focused on getting the bike like perfectly rideable and running uh before making it street legal and everything so when i showed up today um I had just finished uh, hooking everything up for the subframe, but I didn't have the uh, wires plugged into the headlight relay. And unfortunately, if you don't plug those wires into the headlight relay, one of the wires is actually like powering a whole bunch of different components. So I had to figure out, Liza, help me. So I want to point, I want to point, I thought it was very interesting that you just had these four random wires left over in the tail section of your bike that you yeah. didn't know what they went to. Well, I knew what they went to. I didn't know which like little plug they attached Right, but to. they weren't in a harness or anything. No. So it was just four randoms. And I found it interesting when I was looking at the uh, wiring diagram. I found those four color wires going to one relay. Yeah. Two of them serve for the ignition starter. 
the starter and, and the ignition. And two of them are for the headlight, for the hmm. low and the yeah. high beam. In the tail, but but in the, the, tail, in the tail section, these four wow. wires that go together into one relay for two completely different things. So hmm. why do they route it all the way through the tail? I don't know. To to That's I where the no relay idea. is. Suzuki Engineering. Yeah. yeah. It's this better than Honda is. Engineering. I mean, geez, dude. <laughs> but uh, here, like, here's a great example of why Jixxers are awesome. If you take the plastic <laughs> cover off of the oh, uh, starter relay, there's actually <sighs> another... Uh, <laughs> There's another fuse just stuck in it. So if your fuse ever blows, it already comes with a spare one, like stock, which is pretty cool. They do uh, that with all bikes, though. Well, not on this. <laughs> uh, my my shadow's got a spare fuse. Yeah, Whatever. Fuse Any, anyway, anyway, uh, you got the Honda bike though? started right, and and but there was, was an issue with your clutch uh, lever nut. Yeah, the sensor was uh, messed up. Like the clutch sensor, it was just like it would stick. And even when it wasn't sticking, the only way I could make it work was if it wasn't mounted to the uh, clutch lever. Yeah. So, like, if I took it off, it would work just fine. But as soon as I screwed it, screwed it on, it wouldn't mm. work. And I have no idea why. It was really irritating. So I just took a wire and wrapped it in electrical tape and bridged it. Jumpered it. Yeah. You jixered it. Yeah. It was funny, though, because Lucas had the had the same issue starting Zeus earlier this morning. Yeah. Um, Zeus is very particular, and it likes to have... It, it wants you to like touch the clutch. Before the clutch lever just... needs to be like in slightly in order yeah. for it to work. Yeah, it's weird, but um, I got that sorted out and that got it to start. So I put the other grip on my other uh, clip on, and then I had the task of taking the stock uh, right hand control module that houses the, um, the the reels the reels for the throttle. And since I already put on an aftermarket throttle, there wasn't enough space between the brake lever and the aftermarket reel. So what I did is I took the uh, stock harness or the stock uh, control module holding your thingy, and I just saw it off and like <laughs> sanded down the reel part so uh, there was enough clearance for it to fit in between the brake lever and the reel. The, the moment where you take a grinder to your motorcycle. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty dope, though. I'm, I'm really proud of myself. technology. Yeah. And... Uh, I didn't have a, you know, cutoff switch anyway, so I just, like, cut that part off so it'd fit under right. it. And, yeah, cool. and now it works, you know, and I still have the mode switches and everything, too. So nice. uh, until I end up getting the actual uh, stop-start that I should for uh, the throttle, that'll work. Oh, well. Yeah. Sounds like a relatively productive day today here. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad you got it running. Yeah. Hey, Liza, guess what time it is? What time is it? It's the Chilliwack check-in. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about that all day. Wow. Nice. <laughs> so we have David from uh, Chilliwack, uh, Recycle Chilliwack. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. Howdy. Hey. hey. So What's we up? mentioned a few weeks ago, um, it's been a little while, that uh, we had somebody up in... Uh, in BC, British Columbia, Canada, who contacted us and they wanted to, actually it's been a few months now, wanted to start their own recycle. They liked what we were doing and I said, yeah, sure, buddy. It's pretty pretty easy. Just give away all of your tools and your spare time and for free. <laughs> um, but uh, you started your own Recycle Chilliwack page and we've been following. And so first it sounds like you got you got your, your minion, Jessica, what do we call her? Yes. Your right, your, she's become your right hand. Was she like the first person yeah, she's who totally showed up? The right hand. Sorry. She, was she the first person who showed up to your garage? 
Yeah, actually, um, uh, originally when uh, when I came to Chilliwack, I just moved here um, uh, in October. Um, I put out an ad on Craigslist and just said, "Hey, this is kind of my idea of what I'm looking at doing," and uh, and Jessica responded, um, and we just totally clicked with our ideas of what we want to do with bikes in a shop, and it just kind of went from there. Well, that's great, man. So yeah, um, yeah, it worked out really cool. How, how many people have you been getting there? Well, we have a, we have a meetup group. Um, you know the, the the website meetup, and there's and there's actually forty members on the meetup group. However, oh, cool. um, we get we get a lot of people that kind of they they don't really maybe believe uh, exactly what we're doing and that it's free and that you can learn stuff. So we get people that cruise on by and check it out, and we talk turkey for a little while, and then. Uh, and then maybe they split. Um, we've had a few people bring their projects over and uh, and work on them. On a slow day, it might just be Jessica and myself. And on a on a good day, we might have uh, five or six people here. Oh, that's great. Hmm. Um, so I've been looking at the videos you guys you guys have posted, and, and it's looking like it's a really successful kind of thing going. Are you got a bike going recently, and and it's not <laughs> it's not Hoth over there anymore, you know? So <laughs> it's right. It, it's yeah. springtime's coming up. So I want to know. Oh so, yeah, no, our weather's great. What made you decide to do this, really? You know, I, I've actually been thinking about this platform for quite a long time, and then um, just wondering how to do it and how to how to get it started, and and you know, I guess just make that leap of faith. And then when I found your guys' website, it was or your uh, podcast, it was uh, you know like it like it was meant to. I was meant to hear it because you guys had exactly the platform that I was looking for, and. And uh, all the great ideas that you know, it, it, it's hard to it's hard to dedicate your own stuff to, to just a volunteer uh, situation and, and a donation situation. But once you take that jump, uh, it, it, you know it's a lot of fun. Um, but it's just that initial yes, you can do it sort of thing. Um, and, and hearing you guys do it and having a great time with it and a lot of success and all those great stories that came from it was certainly a great push for me. So it has been rewarding for you then? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even, <laughs> you know, inviting people over to my to my space and, and helping them learn is, is super amazing. But also on my own personal side, just making sure that I dedicate that time to uh, my hobby and to motorcycles has been super rewarding uh, as well, just for myself, because I have a hard time uh, maybe doing things for myself sometimes as well, and I and I think of that as like my garage time, even though I'm sharing it with a bunch of people. Cool. Well, like Equipment-wise, uh, did you find this uh, you needed more tools, or what kind of tools did you need? I mean, would you find out that you were actually missing equipment that you, you needed, or... How did you get that sorted out? Yeah, I mean, I've been tinkering for quite some time, so I have a decent set of hand tools. Oh, but, you know, as you kind of get a little bit more serious, you um, you figure out what you need, right? Like, right, totally. You, yeah. You saw the welder catastrophe that we had over here in that video. So it would be really cool if we had a decent welder here. Not that we use it every day, but, um, you know, you could get a little bit more aggressive with, uh, with customizing if you had a decent welder. And, um, cool. Uh, you know, the more bikes we have here, we need a couple more uh, lift stands and things like that. But I mean, just for the stuff we're doing, just for that really easy stuff, I've got all the hand tools, um, you know, and then after that, it's just kind of the those 
cool luxury tools that that you that you like to play with, right? Yeah. Have you had to fabricate your own tools at all yet? Like you know, pullers or spanners or any kind of weird stuff like that. Well, the first one we did was stick. So yeah. we do have stick. <laughs> That's the recycle brand stick. It goes. Yeah. <laughs> and we found that that was absolutely invaluable for uh, you know pulling a car. Right. So is it hickory? Uh, what, what are you using over there? Sorry. What what kind of wood are you using over there? Hickory or ash or we we, we got your standard <laughs> Doug fir over here. <laughs> what, what do they have up I in Canada? Cheap like, ass pie or something. I'm yeah, not like like <laughs> So originally, originally, um, you guys were just kind of fixing up your own bikes, and then you went and got these project bikes. Yeah. Were, were, were these some like Craigslist finds? Tell us what it, what you got and uh, wh- how far you've come with them. Uh, well, um, <laughs> some of the projects are ones that I've kind of been moving around with myself for for a couple of years. Um, the, the little Suzuki that you saw running was a Craigslist find. Um, it was three hundred dollars, so it fit the Craigslist. Uh, Porn big, yeah, nice. <laughs> um, we're, we're fortunate enough. There's there's a guy in town here that runs a, a regular motorcycle shop, but you know. For the people he knows, uh, he kind of takes them to the secret area. And he's actually got three garage bays filled with all these barn finds. And he just goes all over the place and just loads up trailers he's and picks hoarder. up everybody. Yeah. <laughs> On this totally episode of Hoarders. Totally a hoarder. But he's a hoarder of all the coolest shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want, not the ones with the cat hair, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they have like... He has the largest collection of Kawasaki H1s in one room that I've ever oh, seen. Oh, my, my God. God. That's wow. rad. Wow. He's, he's got about 15 of them in one garage. Oh. It's Oof. ridiculous. It's like That's a, where they all ended up. Pokemon collector or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, so what were these little, what are these, like some 60s two-strokes you got? What were they? Yeah, the, the one that we uh, that we were just pulling around my yard the other day, the 1966 uh, Suzuki uh, T15, I believe. It's a, it's a little 80... Uh, CC oh, single cylinder two stroke. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it totally sounds like a chainsaw. Great. <laughs> nice. And I remember you sent me pictures of it, and I was like, "You've really gotten yourself into it now. <laughs> like, there's yeah. no way." And then, like, I think yeah. like a week or two later, you posted on your Facebook recycle page, like, "Got it running." <laughs> mm-hmm. Dude, that thing, yeah, it took us, mega project. It took us three garage sessions to be able to uh, to ride it around the lawn. Um, and obviously still needs a lot of work. But now that we know it's running, uh, Jessica's kind of taken a more serious look at it. And, and she, she's going to... She's gonna doll it up pretty good. I think she's looking at a pretty serious restore for that. And, and cool, nice. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I mean that's how my garage started too, where I was just picking up cheap or free projects, and we would just kind of all work on them together. And somebody would eventually adopt it. But that was kind of how this started out. Those are the perfect bikes to learn and take apart and just wrench on. As long as you get your own bike, you know, running. Um, but that was kind of how this started. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's, it's super fun. And uh, I, I, 
I was talking to you earlier, I mentioned that we had an email from listener Nick who said that uh, he found us recently, our podcast, and has been listening, and that he heard the episode where we were talking about the recycle in Chilliwack that started up, and he's like, and he's like, I live in the whack. How do I find these guys? <laughs> he was so stoked. So I uh, forwarded your info for the, the meetup page. Do you want to tell us or tell people where they can find your your page sure yeah we're well we have our group on um on facebook so we're recycle chilliwack um or we have uh, a meetup page and and we're uh what are we on meetup i think it i think it's recycle chilliwack as well there um and uh yeah if you if you look on either of those you'll, you'll find us there's only a few motorcycle groups here in uh, chilliwack on meetup so couldn't be too hard to find us and uh right now our garage days are every saturday and um uh hopefully that'll stick uh if we need to shuffle around a little bit to make it easier for people to show up i'm certainly a bit flexible yeah you have a whole Uh, day to to ride on sunday with that with that setup man that's pretty cool yeah yeah it's great cool you know and i i can tell you that um you know, it, it sounds like you you hear our podcast and you hear, you know, this big group of people and talking about how much fun we have and riding and playing pranks and helping each other. But the reality is when I first started this out by myself, I could only handle two or three people at a time tops like that was just getting too hectic. And it's built up where people who have come and found this place and gotten help they need are now the ones who are helping everyone else. So that's something just to think about. It's like, um, you know, you don't want to grow too fast because you'll just overextend yourself. But, you know, hopefully, I mean, it's really cool that like Jessica, she totally got it and she's hanging out. And, you know, I think you'll get more and more people who are going to come and just like hanging out did i think i told you early on get extra chairs did, did you get chairs <laughs> yes we got chairs <laughs> did you see the video of me rolling up the free chair from down the street, street <laughs> we'll always have a couple of beers and some coffee around every once in a while angela and my wife will make us some lunch so yeah right. so we're always cool. trying to be as inviting as possible right so um, and with and with jessica she's she's actually been quite a rock star right she joined and she and she wanted to do this because she felt as a motorcycle rider um kind of that responsibility to be able to fix your own bike yeah right? she started with her with her gs450 and had a couple of issues with it and felt really bad because she couldn't fix it so you know we started diagnosing the problems with that bike and you know it was small it was you know take off your tank let's look at the carbs and then it would take off the carbs and, and you know we've gone from from that, I mean, she, she started off with a good base knowledge of tools, which is super helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now she she went from hey, I've never turned a wrench on a motorcycle to hey, let's do a total restore on this on this Suzuki. So Badass, she's, she's come leaps and bounds in such a short time, and and in it, you know full guts so it's, it's super cool to, to see that attitude yeah what's cool is seeing the enthusiasm in new people that show up and have that like spark lit under them you know it's, it's a really cool thing to see in people's eyes yeah and we've had a couple of dudes show up and they're on like spanky shiny new bikes right and we're like well what are you doing to your bike they're like nothing i'm just here to help you guys with your bike <laughs> so they just come over to help us with our with our projects and that's super cool too nice Bagel, you had a question. Yeah, I was wondering, have, have you guys uh, done any uh, any rides yet, or organized any any trips or anything? Um, we there is there is a riding group here. Um, 
we we find that uh, most of the groups here are cruiser groups. There's a lot of there's a lot of two wheel couches out here, my friend. Let me yeah. tell you. <laughs> um, but uh, there's a few riding groups out here. I'm I'm still pretty new, so I'm getting uh, getting to know people as much as anything else as well. Okay. Um, but the, the rides out here are, are are amazing. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it sounds like. And, it. A, a buddy I just met uh, last night is going to start taking me for a few rides, and he said there's actually a map of uh, of, of the uh, Lower Mainland of uh, all these amazing rides, and they're actually rated on twisties, on road conditions, nice. on amenities. When you refer to the lower, to- when you sorry, when you refer to the Lower Mainland, do you mean the United States? <laughs> we get to be your lower mainland you get to be uh, our hat <laughs> well, the, well, the, no but I guess that does kind of sound like it makes sense it? <laughs> yeah. well the reason why, that, why I was asking is I, I actually rode right past you last summer on my way up to Alaska and there was just some absolutely gorgeous riding through British Columbia yes. and I, I highly recommend getting out there getting on some of the, the smaller roads and just enjoying the scenery and and if you do go uh, go up north, um, I have a, a buddy who's a uh, who's big motorcycle scooter guy who has a motel called the Rangeland Motel in Lac La Hache on Highway 97. So it's a good day's oh, yeah, ride. Oh, I totally know here. that place. Yeah, yeah. If you if you head up there, go say hi to George and Georgina. They uh, they will definitely take care of you, and they've got, even have their own ice cream stand there. So it's a great place to stay. Nice. Hey, we I- should organize a ride. Yeah, totally. Chilliwack. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would be up for that. Totally. And hey, and I wanted to give your wife a mention here because, I mean, I, yeah, it's really cool. And you have a brand new baby. How, how old is yeah, she Yeah, I was about oh, wow. to say, congratulations on your we new have, human. <laughs> thank you so much. We have a brand new one week and two old day daughter. Awesome. Yes. Wow. Named, named Portia Lynn. Cool. And uh, yeah, and, and it's it's just it's so magical, it's amazing being a new dad and and watching. And, and the fact that, that we're responsible for that, your wife, you know, lets you <laughs> let strangers into the house, and you got this <laughs> new baby, and, and you've got this thing. But at least I guess it's good. She she's keeping you close. She knows where you are and what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> just out in the garage. That's all. Not nice. going too far. Right. Cool. Well, cool. And, and um, when are the T-shirts going to be ready? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have to uh, we'll have to work on that uh, that logo for us here. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I can send you some artwork if you want. You totally got to do that. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, that would be great. I'll, I'll order one. Yeah, well, I'll buy I'll buy one. <laughs> I think it'd be cool. <laughs> well, I just wanted to thank you for you know listening to what I've started here, and I've you know been telling people for years like, hey, I think. Other people should do this, too. I cannot tell everyone how rewarding it is and how much fun it is. And also, I think it's um, part of our responsibility to help the community, our motorcycle community, you know. Um, and you got that and you you started it and it's happening and it's really cool. And I, you know, follow the Facebook page. Um, but I thought, I guess now that we have an intro to your to the Chilliwack check in that we're going to have to keep checking in and, and hearing how things are going. Yeah, that would be fantastic for sure. That'd be great. 
Awesome. Well, now the static is getting out of control, so we're probably going to let you go. But thank you again. And if anyone is in up in BC and wants to check out the Recycled Chilliwack, um, I will post a link to how to reach you on our show notes. Great. That's awesome. Thank you so much. All right. and, uh, yeah. Thanks for the check-in, dude. And, and, hey, no worries. Thank you very much. All right. Have a good one, dude. All right. Thank All right, you. Have a good night. Bye. All right. Night. Bye. Bye. All right. So that was totally cool. Yeah. That was cool. Excellent. Yeah. Now we just, you know, hopefully other people in other cities will do the same thing. Yeah, if there's anybody else out there who it feels like they need to have a garage in their local area where, where they and their friends can work on their bikes, you can do this too. It is absolutely doable. Just need a space and, and some time and organization and it can happen. Yeah, and, uh, you know, as I told David, too, the recycle name and the logo is available to anyone who wants to do it. Just uh, send me an email. Lucas, how can they reach us? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Just go listen to the end of our last podcast. Figure it out. (laughs) So, Nock, we've had a couple emails. I wanted to hit a couple of these. Oh, excellent. Um, So this is a good one for the peanut gallery here. Uh, this is from Peter in Nashville. So um, Peter said that we he's heard us have a lot of discussions about a good first bike for somebody. Uh, and he's had a lot of the older vintage bikes, but he's ready now for his first newer bike. Not brand spanking new, but something newer, something reliable. Um, and he's looking at the uh, SV650, the FZR600, and a Bandit 1200 for just a good modern bike. Um, He says he does a fair amount of weekend touring with the intention of going for much longer rides. Any advice on what to look for and what models to avoid? He's fairly mechanically inclined, but ideally he wants a turnkey bike minus the normal maintenance uh, for like three and a half thousand dollars budget. You know what? Can I just go ahead? Yeah. uh, I'd go for that bandit, man. A lot of there are a lot of people who love the Bandit, and there's a lot of aftermarket stuff for him. There's a lot of support, um, tons of forum presence for the Bandit 1200. Um, yeah, and it's it's a great bike. It's got a lot of mid range, and it's it's kind of built for touring almost. It's a little sporty touring bike. Yeah, I agree. Of those three, I think the Bandit 1200 would yeah. be one of the better ones. I actually thought I said, what about the Vstrom, the Versus? And the all great choices too. I might have said KLR. How tall is he? I don't know. That's a good question. Because versus is for tall people. Not really. I can ride it. It's not that big of a K- deal. Well, the K- the KLR too, and it depends on whether you're talking six fifty or bigger. Well, I just thought having something a little more utilitarian that you can put more luggage on, and you know, a higher windshield and an upright position for your first big boy bike. Um, you know, even though I didn't get, end up getting the V-Strom, that was a bike that I went to go look at. I thought that was just a good all-around yeah. bike that can carve. I ended up with a Versus, and I think the first-year Versus, which are 09, might be getting down in the 3,500 range now. Yeah. Not sure, but... Pretty reliable, proven platform at this point, from what I understand. Dude, my 09, I haven't even changed the battery yet. Yeah. Nice. That thing is still rocking. Um, but I thought, did anyone else, like, I thought, come on, Mace, I thought you said he needs a sumo. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> wait, sorry, I zoned out. Who's this again? <laughs> 
Peter Nashville. It doesn't matter, man. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah you know, touring on a supermoto is really one effective. One of us. <laughs> I know. Google gobble, Google gobble. Um. Well, like for about three and a half thousand, are there any other bikes we're not thinking of that he should consider? You said he wanted to do touring. Yeah, he wants to do some touring you on it too. Can't really tour on a supermoto. Yeah, yeah. You get, you get highway bars. And you'd be good I mean, to go. I suppose you could or, get a oh, hypermotard. The DR, yeah, the DR. Yeah, DR650 with some highway bars. You're good oh, to yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe like a, a big dual oh, sport. I, I think I mentioned the F650. Oh, the, the GSF. Uh, yeah, well, they have different versions of the S F650. But I thought that... What yeah. about a Ninja 650? The, for the touring? Twin? Well, for, you said like around and... You know, that, you know Ninja That'll 650 would be pretty good too. What about an FC1? Uh, well, he, the FZ6 was on his list. Um, That's a good I know, bike. the FZR600. Um, I think I think you can find FZ1s for around three grand. I mean, it'll, it'll be an older model, but uh, those are pretty, pretty reliable and powerful. Yeah, you know, I was impressed with Antonio's Bandit 1200 when I wrote it, and I've ridden... Um, Stan had a band at 1200 i rode and i thought it felt a little stiff and heavy like a big brick in the tight turns but antonio's was set up i think different and it actually felt pretty pretty smooth oh yeah nice. he's got a yeah. suspension guy that does all his stuff for him i mean it's suspension is pretty important on a, on a big bike like that so and i think uh phil cleveland moto has talked about that um that bike too being an awesome bike that's just fast as hell yeah so yeah I guess yeah I've never really had had that bandit 1200 on my radar so much but yeah I'd say if you find one but I don't know I, I'm still kind of in the Vstrom versus DR camp of if you're gonna have one bike that can do everything well yeah it's nice having to... multiple cylinders it makes it a lot less fatiguing when you're going long long distances and you know you're not having to uh, whack the throttle open a lot so Nine. All right. Yep. We also we did. Let me find it up. So we had an email. Um, oh yeah, from uh, this is from Brandon. So he listened to last week's podcast. So what would Jesus ride? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "Greetings from the frozen abyss of North Dakota. <laughs> you guys have it all wrong, in my humble opinion. <laughs> Jesus was a humble." Do humble thoughtful man who was poor who was poor and saw no point in wealth and possessions because of this i would say he would buy a 1970s honda cb350 and tune it up into a one kick wonder <laughs> hey but i'm an atheist so what the fuck do i know he'd do well with my 1980 cx500 too so, uh, so are we talking about hipster jesus i know <laughs> his sandals are super tight apparently <laughs> I mean, yeah, you think about a bike that's going to be hard to start. I mean, if anyone can start it, it'd be Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, that was a, a cool email. Thank you for sending that in. Yeah, thanks for the uh, emails, guys. We love reading those, so and keep sending them in. I think, what do we have next on the list? We got all kinds of stuff. <laughs> There's some stuff about uh, oh. obsessions. Okay. Mm. Obsession. All right, a few of you here can help me with this. Um, okay. I've been obsessing a little bit lately. You know how you get something in your craw? You know. what, what is that? So, okay, I got the news. It sounds like a medical condition, <laughs> actually. I know. Yeah, let me stand up and get that out of my craw. Um, the word for mandible. <laughs> okay, so I got the latest uh, edition of Psycho World magazine. 
But because I'm ADD, I don't really read the articles. I just flip through the pictures and read the things in bold. <laughs> Liza's actually illiterate, if you guys don't know. <laughs> illiterate. I just, I can't, you know. Um, anyway, so as I found in there the new KTM Adventure. What's the model? It's a 1290S? Uh, it is uh, it's a 1290. Adventure. Okay, so I long obsessed over the 990 Super Duke. The 1290 Super Adventure. And then they came oh, out with wow, the super. 1290 Super Duke, and I was like, wow, like, <laughs> whoa. Oh, my God. Right? If the 990 <laughs> blew me away, which I actually rode, mm-hmm. the 1290 is just like, that's whoa. my, I think I called it my death bike. I will die on it, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> now, they looks like they took that 1290 Super Duke engine and put it into their adventure touring bike. Yes, the super adventure. And from what I'm reading of this, this is a, like, you can travel around the world or you can just do uh, hooligan wheelies around town on it. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like an amazing yeah. bike. So, um, Bagel, did you, you actually read the article? Yeah. yeah for me? It. Somebody actually read the article. The only two people know what they're talking about now. I wanted to get your opinion, because um, you're not even a big biker, but it's this bike just sounds amazing. I mean, it, it sounds like it has gobs of power. Um, now, I, I didn't really get the feeling from the article that they really put it put it through its paces and you know did a you know a lot of serious adventure riding with it um but it, it they they talked a lot about the features of it and uh, what were some of the features that stuck out in your mind well the one now this may be you know silly to, to really get focused on this but the one that really jumped out at me was uh the fact that it has led cornering lights which i have never heard of on a motorcycle before um this is the kind of thing that you usually hear about on a cadillac or a lincoln he's got these lights on the front quarter panels that turn on when you put the, the turn signal on that basically light up the side of the road that you're turning towards so that you can actually see since the headlights are pointing straight well motorcycles have that same problem too because when you lean the headlights are still pointing straight they're not pointing to the right when you're going through a right-hand curve. So apparently what these LED cornering lights do is they sense the lean angle of the bike and then turn on one, two, or three LEDs based on how far you're leaned over. What? And they actually light up the road in the direction that you're going when you're turning. Lucas Suzuki doesn't have anything like that, No, I have to ride with my high beams. (laughs) (laughs) Because otherwise I can't see shit. It's like as soon as you lean over, if you don't have a high beam on, you see nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's way cooler than curb dealers. Yeah, we're all used to that, though. Yeah. And... I'm jelly, dude. I want that. Why is that not on super sports? Right? I mean, that should be on every bike as far as I'm concerned. Pretty much, yeah. That's an awesome feature. I mean, having to ride Highway 17 at night, it sucks. Yeah. Just because you can't see crap. Because guys on super sports only ride in the daytime in the summer. (laughs) Mostly. (laughs) They don't don't corner. That's the thing. Yeah. They just drive in a straight line, even if there's a turn. But but, but beyond beyond the the little glitzy things like that, I mean, this, this bike sounds like it's got amazing amounts of technology built in into it it's it's got uh the 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 whole power delivery is electronic controlled and it has several different modes that you can you can switch it to right by wires based based on you know on what you're well yeah i mean it's not not anything new but it's from the description in this article it sounds like they really got it got it dialed down right um because they 
it's this is a twelve. This is a twelve ninety. I think it's what they said. Yeah, yeah. twelve ninety. That's a massive engine for a motorcycle. Yep. Um, and and one of the things he was saying is that when you basically turn off the electronic controls, which it, it does have the option for that, it's like raw. Just unleashed power that that you know that that, that I mean, it's still controllable. But and it's did just, I read in there that it has a switchable ABS too? Uh, I think it does. Yeah, I mean it does have ABS. I didn't get to the switchable part, but hmm. um, but it it it, it the, the the power control of the engine. It sounds like that's that's actually a really good feature because if somebody's buying a, a bike like this for the first time and they're not used to something that has this much power, I think it probably is a really good idea to limit that. Uh, for when they're first starting out and they're so that they're not you know 12 o'clock in their bike <laughs> right out of the gate uh-uh. <laughs> um, because this bike sounds like it's got massive just gobs of horsepower and torque yeah. so it's I, got a uh, semi-active suspension too from what i understand so that it adjusts automatically mm-hmm. or, or electronically which is neat yeah so i just wanted to share that i've just kind of been obsessing over this bike it's like fuck. this is the i can afford it in 20 years bike you yep. know mm-hmm. who knows what technology there's going to be in 20 years well we do know it's going to be all electric probably yep. Yep. <laughs> why don't you tell all of our viewers uh who can't see the pictures about the can on this bike oh it's got a oh. huge can <laughs> yeah, lucas what did you compare Caboose. I it, said it was like bigger than the Hulk's chode. <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite, quite much so. I, it's it's bigger than a fire extinguisher. I'll put it that much. It's much bigger than a fire. Really extinguisher. obsessed with chodes like, of superheroes, like man. <laughs> like this might be the size of like a scuba oxygen tank. It, oh, it wow. really that is. Big. It's that big. Yeah, it's massive. It looks like it weighs like fifty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it very well might. So that's contain all that Austrian engineering, you know. Yeah. So and, and by the way, the the figures on this bike, it has 151.6 horsepower and 93.3 pound feet of torque. That's it. Jesus. At, on, on the dyno. On the dyno. At what RPM? The wheels. That's that's pretty good. Uh, I didn't say what RPM, but this was. This How much was does it weigh? I uh, didn't catch that. I take, take a look I'm guessing since that. it's an adventure bike, it's, it's probably on the heavy side. Yeah, yeah it, it it looks beefy, and you can get all this for how much money? One million dollars. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> I have no idea. It doesn't uh, say what the price is. It did say. Oh, wait, no, what's it, it selling for? Uh, Twenty <laughs> twenty thousand four ninety nine, yeah, including bags. Jeez, the bags though. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just wanted to share that because I kind of been obsessing and kind of drooling over that. I love it when these new amazing things come out. Um, hey, we totally forgot to ask uh, David and Chilliwack what his up the butt bike, oh. but he texted it to me. Cool. And this thing is badass. Oh yeah. Um, I hope I say this right. It's Sarah Lahali's 2013 Triumph Scrambler. Hmm. Um, she, Sarah LaHolly, uh, designed this. It's a Triumph Scrambler named the LaHolly Wood. Anyway. Ha, ha, <laughs> ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Yeah. I'll post a picture of it. This bike is beautiful. Yeah, it's got this cute little flat tracker tail on it and a Springer front end and kind of interesting. I'm loving it. Yeah. So, um, all right. So I wanted to do a new segment tonight. Um, called Good Idea, Bad Idea. So this started because... How about Cigar Throttle? Good idea or bad? <laughs> Always a good idea, period. <laughs> okay, so... That guy's going to find us and come kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so our, our good friend Stumpy, he um, he hit me up a couple of weeks ago. He said, hey, I got an idea for a motorcycle accessory. I want to... 
run this by this idea by you and see what you think. So um, Stumpy, who we know, um, he lost his leg from a driver that pulled out in the lane in front of him because they said they never saw him coming down the road. Smitzy. And that was when I went out and put on the um, headlight modulator on it. Just, uh, you know, started preaching about visibility. So he had this concept that there could be, um, uh, I want to call it, so he says, like, okay, in airplanes, they have almost like a radar. They sense where the other planes are around them. They have them. proximity warnings. TCAS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's not a proxy. He's saying if motorcycles were outfitted with this beacon and if cars were outfitted with this receiver, cars would always know where the motorcyclists are around them. Or we could just wait for driverless cars yeah. and well, see if anyway. That, that, that assumes that the car drivers are paying attention in the first place, yeah. which... Is the real problem? Well, they're not stupid or drunk. Well, I said like boats have radar with collision detection systems, and cars have blind spot alerts. You know, there needs to be something to tell cars about motorcycles that are nearby. And I said, yeah, there are these new cars now that have the sensors um, that tell you when something's coming up alongside a bike or pedestrian or whatever. Mm -hmm. But. He said, no, I think it needs to be something that really, you know, like a beeping thing. I'm not sure. that t- It warns them that something is nearby. It's an audible warning that That's... tells the driver, hey, fuck ass. Pay <laughs> <laughs> attention so, out of your ass. He says, in his head, the device would work via two units, a transmitter on the motorcycle and a receiver, um, or like a GPS or a radar in the car. So this could be outfitted in any older model car. It doesn't have to be any new models. And um, the pros in the system are obvious, fewer accidents, positive feedback alert, possibility of integrating into existing systems. Uh, the cons would be it requires two units to work, requires a car drivers to buy in, and the sustainable business model would require auto GPS radar detector manufacturing to buy in. So I want to see what the brain trust thinks of this idea. I'm all for it. It's just like getting people to go with it. Great and it's idea. Always, yeah. Yeah, manufacturers are always going to go look at the bottom dollar and say, nah, no. Well, Until even the government mandates You have to make it. a law, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. otherwise people would just rip it yeah. out of their car. You have yeah. to be like a mod then. You have, yeah. to, you have to apply it globally or not at all. Or even then, like, uh, if it was just like an aftermarket thing you could buy, everybody would be like, well, why should I worry about that? They're going to get hurt, not me. You know? <laughs> yeah. So they'll be like, well, fuck that guy. They don't care. So I, I think it's a, a, a brilliant idea, but completely unworkable. Uh, and frankly, I think it is going to be superseded by the technology that's coming out already with proximity warnings, where basically a vehicle is going to sense anything around it, whether it's a car or a motorcycle yeah. or a pedestrian or a duck. It's like it, with infrared or something like that, right? Uh, it's, it's a radar, actually. I think oh, really? What, what they usually what they use for those most of the time. Oh, that's better. Yep. Anyone else think that this is a viable good idea? I think it's a good idea, but it's totally not viable. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think I think the cost of of the cost alone is, and especially retrofitting every car that's already on the road. Yeah, yeah. I just don't see how that could be done, and. Yeah. You know, and like I said, new cars are coming out with this kind of technology already that works for anything, not just motorcycles. So why would they install stuff just for motorcycles? Plus, who cares about motorcycles anyway? Yeah. That's, that's part of the problem. Those guys are assholes. And, yeah. <laughs> Always lane splitting and uh, getting in front of me and cutting in line. <laughs> I, I have to say, I mean, I think I kind of crushed him when he asked me because I said these things. I said... You can't have something that functions that requires two separate parties 
to invest in it. Mm -hmm. You can't expect uh, automobile drivers to give a shit about motorcycles and to want to put it in their car. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have 100% of the people using it, it doesn't matter. And and frankly, if, if we were talking about investing that kind of money into safety, I think it would be much better served in better driver education and yeah. requiring existing drivers to get it who don't have it, which is basically pretty much everybody. And more frequent retesting, too. Yeah, mm -hmm. that too. Because there are hella people out there who just should not be driving. You know, they haven't been yeah. tested since, like, 1980. Yeah. And, and, and just, just for comparison... Hey, that would be me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, need to, we need to, like, make sure you aren't going senile over there, Liza. <laughs> I seen you drive and eat a sandwich at the same time. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> I don't think there's a test for that oh, one. Oh, come on, everyone's done that. <laughs> no. No, I haven't. But, <laughs> I got all skills, that, man. But but all all that aside, um I mean I, I, I spent a year in Germany and and the way that they approach driver education in Germany is completely different than we do here. Basically here it's like you pay a fee, and if you jump through the little hoops, you get your your Cracker Jack license, and you can go out on the road. Um, in Germany, you Cracker are Jack. you are required. Well, first of all, in Germany, they don't give you your license until you're 18 at a minimum. So you have to wait until you're 18 to actually get your license or, or go through the the course to get your license. And and I, I believe, at least it was back in the day, it was a six month course that you had to take to learn how to drive, and you went through every rule on the road and you were they made sure that you knew driving in and out and what's appropriate and what's not and you know and then plus they have a very good system over there with the rules on the road and everything works in germany people drive properly they drive safely i mean not to say that accidents don't happen that's because germany is full of germans do we live in america well they're <laughs> yeah, not that, america so. there is that too but People, the human beings have the capability to learn. We just don't make them do that when it comes to driving. I think. And I think it's 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 a horrible, horrible system that we have here. Do you know why that it's so easy? Why it's so easy to get a license in America, though? Like Commerce. It's always money. Yep. yep. It's always money. Guess, yeah. Like I've always contended, how much money? How much do you think the economy would suffer if fifty percent of the people who are currently driving could not get to work? Well, that's where that's where public transportation comes. Or even in. we don't have public getting, transportation. That's it's America. Why we need <laughs> it. Not even getting to work. I mean, nowadays you can work from home. It's going to buy things. Yeah. yeah how do you yeah, going to out the to the store? store you know, pretty much. Well, you can get that at home these days now too. Well, that's that's true. That's <laughs> we, we built our world around the car. That's our downfall. Well, now yeah. it's being rebuilt around the internet, though. Yeah. All right, so I, I wanted to be fair and give him a chance because I shot it down pretty pretty yeah. quick. That although it's a good intention and a good idea, and in hindsight, for somebody who lost their leg, it would have mm -hmm. cut. You know, it would have saved saved him. Absolutely. But it wasn't viable. Also, with technology, by the time you get it to market, it'd be outdated. Yeah. Yeah. But um, all right. So I myself had a brilliant idea. What, Lucas? You got a brilliant idea? Yes, you I do have share? a brilliant idea. Okay, let's share. hit us with yours, and then I'll <laughs> we'll finish it up. Down with mine. So, we'll, no. what you got? What's the name of this? Good idea or bad idea? So, oh, so mm -hmm. for for Stumpies, we agree. Bad idea. No, good it was attention? good idea. Uh, good hard idea. to implement. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Here's my idea, and don't nobody rip this off because it's an awesome idea. All right. <laughs> Trademark. Cop copyright. Twenty fifteen. So, yes. <laughs> Hashtag. Okay, so you know how uh, anyone who's ever installed a power commander knows that it bridges the stock uh, injectors with its own injectors, and then it plugs into uh, 
well, the injector plug, and then it plugs into the injector. So it's like stock injectors go into the power commander ones, into the unit, then yep. back into the injector, so it can like override what the ECU is doing. Does anybody know what he's talking about right I, now? I, 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 more or less. I do. <laughs> yeah, more or less. So, so here, here's my idea. It's it's three parts. There's a computer. There's a gyroscope. And then there's wiring that uh, goes into the injectors. So basically, it would be a lot easier if it was on a ride by wire because you could just modify the throttle. But here's my idea. All right. So it's a it's a control. No, uh, it's a perfect wheelie machine. <laughs> so all you have to do is get the wheel up off the ground and the gyroscope senses where the bike is and then it adjusts the throttle accordingly so, in order to keep it at like perfect balance point the whole time. Kickstarter so, that next to the cigar throttle. Yeah, yeah. Dude. You, know, this, so, you know what? The cigar throttle does not have a market. This totally has a market. <laughs> so what, what you're talking about, Lucas, is, is a Segway module for your motorcycle? Basically. <laughs> Auto, auto wheelie. It, it's it's so the bike thinks that it's supposed to be riding at the balance point. So, I you know what you know how many people would buy that? Anybody who's who's like, man, I want to be a cool stunner, but I suck and I don't want to learn anything. <laughs> they would just have to buy one of these and just pop it up and it just yeah, uh, so, for him. So what, what, I got I got to ask though. So what happens when the dude falls off the bike when it's twelve o'clock going down the road? Is it just automatically call the police? Going. I'm imagining it keeps going. <laughs> The bike no, is but, like, hey, there's. I didn't do anything wrong. What, Fuck you. What could possibly go wrong? What, what could possibly go it, wrong trying to do balance points wheelies? Anyway? Will this uh, will this <laughs> unit come too. with a tank top and flip flops? <laughs> it, it might. It also should come with a twelve o'clock bar. So I have to say, I think I think this would sell very well in Florida only. Yeah, oh, sure. I think it would sell very well in Oakland. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? Good idea or bad idea? Bad idea. Good idea. I think it's a good idea. Uh, good idea. I, I like it just for the novelty factor. <laughs> that's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, this, that's something that needs to happen just that, for the fuck of it. That, that yeah. might be a Moto Bandito product. <laughs> As you know, it would sell. It would really sell if it actually worked. Yeah, I like, know it would. A, a, as an investor, good idea. As like a moral human, <laughs> you, you have to put your principles aside if you're going to be an investor. <laughs> you're not. Res- you're not responsible for any damage subframes. Okay, like <laughs> there's gonna be like a a, a freaking you know legal paper that comes with it. That's like a mile long. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it comes with lawyer fees. Oh my yeah. God. I could just see Lucas beaming ear to ear, smiling, going down the street on a wheel. Yeah, you could, you could, like you could just street, like, no hands. Like, yeah. hey. You wouldn't even have to have hands on the bars. You could like literally just do push ups <laughs> on the seat <laughs> while you're doing a wheelie. Basically, you're talking about it. So it's a cruise control for wheelies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's what it is. <laughs> it's got wheelie control. All right, Lucas, control. I'll give you that one. That was a good idea. Yay. Oh All right, so here's my crazy idea. Um, so I was thinking about for a lot of these bikes, like <laughs> that, you know, the, the naked bikes, bike look. So not the fairings, but where you have a tank, maybe side covers, this could be a vintage or this could be, you know, the, just the naked bikes or uh, what are we calling the crash bikes are now called street fighters, street fighters. <laughs> yes, exactly. You and need mo- some, uh, wheelie module for your street fighter and rap bikes and stuff like that. <laughs> Most people are just painting them flat black because the paint's fucked up and that's just the easiest thing to do. That's cool. So I had this concept, I haven't come up with a name, but let's just call it, um, like a lycra skin that you could take, uh, think like a spandex material, something that's stretchy. <laughs> that you could stretch over, say, a tank, 
And so you could get different designs. You could have camouflage. Or it's you like could a have tank bra for the entire bike. Yeah. yeah. Gold. You could have. And so you'd actually go to the fabric store, buy the fabric, cut it to size. You know, say, let's just say two by two square, right? The technology is in the clip. So my idea is that there are these clips. Think of like a U channel. Mm-hmm. That will uh, pop into that has like a, a wedge, U channel and a wedge that will pop in. That on the bottom has a a a hook. When I say a hook, uh, a J channel at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So a U going into a J channel with mm-hmm. a wedge. So you put the fabric into the U channel, put the wedge in. It grips the fabric along the length of it, and it could be made of plastic, so it's cuttable. So you can make it an eight inch strip, a twenty inch strip, or three inch strip. Mm-hmm. And then the J-channel will grip the weld seam on the bottom of your tank or on your side covers or whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So basically, you can take any fabric and stretch it over. Now, the obvious is how do you deal with the gas cap? That's easy because also in the kit will come a circle opening with the same clip technology so you can cut out a circle in the middle and it will hold the shape of the gas cap and i thought it'd be cool to be able to change the look of your bike just by going to the fabric store and buying some different fabric i have a question i have a question okay i'm sorry vaguely go go for it uh why would anyone do this instead of just getting a vinyl wrap well vinyl wrap is expensive and then you can't change it out on a whim yeah, but you like, couldn't, like you couldn't undo it and redo. You're basically it. putting like a pair of bloomers on your bike, though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to look good. It's not. Gonna gonna look look good. The concern, the concern I have is is what's going to happen when you when the gas tank overflows because the pump doesn't shut off right. Well, you're an idiot if you do that. Well, there's that. You can always go buy <laughs> there's, another there's, one. There's, there's, you there's go buy another one. Supplies. Yeah. Yeah. It's five bucks of fabric. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that it might be cool. I thought it would just be really cool to be able to change out the color and the design. Could you? Uh, so could you put a clear plastic like you do on Grandma's couch so it doesn't get all dirty? <laughs> right. I mean, the, uh, the Blade Runner <laughs> coat, uh, yeah. coat look. Yeah, that's Actually, basically what we're going for you, here. You know, I think it'd be really good with like that that shag carpet look. Yeah. You know, the okay. Fur. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did think that back when people were using the you. Guys, okay, a lot yeah, of you are younger. You missed it. Undo. In the nineties, there was this crazy thing that the stuntas were doing with their their bikes. their bikes, and they were taking that um, fuzzy, like like two inch thick pile carpet furry stuff, yeah. 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 Muppet yeah. Fur. Yeah. and coating their bikes with it. Dude, that's like yeah. a merkin yeah. for a bike. It was one of the worst trends of the nineties by yeah. far. No, um, she went into a landing strip. <laughs> oh man. No, I just. Been no, thinking racing about stripe. The, yeah, it's a racing stripe. <laughs> the colors of bikes, you know, um, there's not a lot of uh, everything is how do I say like linear, and uh, I thought it'd be cool just to have like more like abstract. Mm. Different, you know, you could put fruits like on plaid. there, or you could put like, plaid or anything. Okay, uh, bring, yeah, exactly. I just thought it'd be really cool, and, and so all you need to do is buy these clip the clip system. And you can have your own skins well, or something. So, so what, what what you'd be selling would be like the fabric patterns and then clips. Uh, yes. The clips. Well, the patterns are going to be different for every bike. Oh, okay. But because they're reusable, you can pop it out. You can keep adjusting it until you get it just right. So, oh. so it's like jeggings for your gas tank. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's not a good idea. Well, you know <laughs> Wait a what? minute. Here, well, here's my thought. Um, <clears throat> because you're you're talking about probably five dollars worth of plastic and material. Yeah. People will buy that shit probably for ninety nine dollars. 
Yeah. 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 Am I right? Yes. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, cool right. no, what, what Depends how far backwards your hat is, you would, I guess. Yeah, what, 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 what you do <laughs> is your somebody hat. will throw down a hundred bucks for that. And for that alone, I'm going to say it's a good idea. Yeah, well, you, I'm not saying that I would do it, but I'm going to say it's a good do, idea. Do a, do a bunch from, of common from, patterns and let people custom print. And then Repsol do the colors. Custom printing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're saying too? I should instead of people going out to the store yeah, to buy yeah, them, yeah. I could do it. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. And and you could even you could even do like pre-cut shapes and sizes for certain bikes, so people don't even have to worry about trying to fit it. They yeah. just snap it right on, and they're good to exactly. go. Exactly. You know, you know what I think would be really cool about mm-hmm. this is that if instead of trying to imitate how fairings look. You in for your own look. Like, I think it would be really cool if you had cloth that was attached to your bike that made it look like it was wrapped in a huge flag. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you could you could get like a torn up looking pirate flag, like Jolly Roger, and it just looked like you're riding a fucking bike wrapped <laughs> with a Jolly Roger. Yeah. That ca- would be you're cool. catching on. I mean that you could use cool. t shirts. Yeah. You know, That's your right. Black Sabbath t shirt on your tank or something, you know. Although then Sons of that, that that brings a thought to mind though. Is that going to have problems with wind at high speeds? Is that going to like rip the thing? Yeah, rip probably. The I don't think so. Not if it's stretched on. Sell them the Harley guys. Yeah. They don't care. They have like twenty six flags well, on their bikes anyway. Depending, <laughs> depending on how the airflow goes over the bike, I mean, it could lift right up like a like a wing. Well, that's you know? the, whoever's fault that's putting it on. <laughs> that's yeah. going to come with a mile. Well, then it just that. flies. We'll have to do too. that in the wind tunnel testing. But um, yeah. <laughs> I think too. I think it's really cool that. I think people want to have unique bikes. I mean, that's the whole mm-hmm. thing about sure. Harley. It's yeah. a truly unique Harley is one that hasn't been touched. There will be so yeah, many people true. with fucking American flag bikes. Oh, yeah. be ridiculous. Probably be the number one design. So that's how you know who to avoid. America. Fuck <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. Confederate flags. <laughs> yeah. oh, so oh, that would be number two. Yeah. So, you, so you guys think I should try and uh, develop my uh, U channel? We just, channel I just want I you to no be happy, how it attaches. <laughs> that's all I care about. I just want it's, you to be happy. It's certainly worth testing. <laughs> yeah, you could probably throw them together. <laughs> I'm sure you can get I'm gonna call PG. it a good idea. She didn't include magnets because I think know, I think it's time to render our work? verdicts. Let's render <laughs> our verdicts. What good idea think? or a bad idea? Uh, I think it's not a great idea. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good just because it would sell. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it would sell yeah. too. Yeah, as a yeah. moral human, as as Zach would say. <laughs> I'm not saying it's. Tasteful. I have no. I have no moral objection as a moral human to that idea. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good for your bike, but I'm saying as a business idea, oh, I man. think it's good. It's like the helmet wigs. <laughs> so if you got any crazy, because <laughs> uh, you listeners out there I has love, a, uh, crazy uh, business ideas, you could uh, reach us and, and uh, tell us what your plan. Is, so. mm-hmm. And maybe even Moto Bandito would take it up. Yeah, it. maybe oh, a yeah. new Bandito product. Um, where can you find us? What were you saying? We're done. I don't know. Are we? No, you had <laughs> one more thing you wanted to mention. Oh, I got gout and it sucks riding. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. How did you get the gout? Dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I because you drink a lot and eat a lot of chinchero tacos and that's bad for you. Yeah, like knock off the, the I, fried I want, foods. I wanted to say when he said he had gout, for some reason I thought that was trench foot. I'm like, isn't that the thing the World War One paratroopers <laughs> got? Yeah, totes. Like, what? <laughs> no, I think more George Washington status. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to end up with wooden teeth next. Yeah. <laughs> Got halfway, halfway there. Tacos, halfway there. So, no, you were saying, though, you've been riding injured. Yeah, and it sucks because... Because um, you don't have a car? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... Cars are for pussies. It's <laughs> just exhausting, man. You know, riding around hurt with your... My wrist is all funky and my clutch hand doesn't work right. Is this mm. the hardest core riding injury you've ever done or have you done? Uh, yeah, this is 
probably uh, this is the most the worst uh, uh, the gad has affected me and, and it sucks shifting putting my boot on and mm. anybody out there who's ever had gout or something like that and it's it's pretty bad so has wow. anyone else ridden injured yep yeah bagel how about you yeah um granted the injury that i had was uh a a very badly sprained ankle so it wasn't that on a scooter it wasn't that necessary oh, come on was it was it your left ankle it was my right ankle okay but okay. i didn't have to use either foot on the scooter because it's automatic but but even so just you know just sitting and this is okay well we couch it in, in 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 the proper terms. This was for the 2010 Cannonball. I was doing it with a, oh, yeah. a, a, a an ankle that basically got twisted around 180 degrees a month before the ride. Uh, so yeah, it was not fun, um, and I had to basically ice it every night, and it was you know, getting a lot you know, swollen and, and and stuff like that. But you know, I I made it through. Ibuprofen and ice. So Lucas, you've ridden injured. Yeah. What did you um, get a hangnail? <laughs> <laughs> It I, sucks in my glove, man. I have probably done it between four and five times, but honestly, the only time I can remember right now is when my knee got smashed in by the dick in a Prius. So <laughs> yeah. I could not stop riding because of that. But I just remember how much it sucked. And I'm going to say the time you were riding the rusty death trap scooter and you knocked yourself out and you rode back <laughs> oh, and collapsed here and no, had I no memory knock, of it. I didn't, that's not what happened at all. I totally <laughs> did have drooling, memory of it. Man. And I didn't knock myself out. Right? I passed out from shock. There's a difference. <laughs> Do you remember riding back? Yes. Okay. I, I was remembering everything up until sitting on the couch and everything went black and I'm like oh wow this must be what it's like to die <laughs> Damn. Um, but yeah I've ridden with like sprained hands like smashed fingers you know like twisted feet and crap you know like nothing major but it definitely was stuff that made it unpleasant and painful to ride alright so now I gotta, I gotta put y'all down sure I, and I've mentioned these before, but I'll just recap. When I was 17 and crashed on the freeway wearing a t-shirt and jeans. Smart. And uh, went to the hospital. Were you trying to do stunna moves? No. <laughs> went to the hospital with my uh, road rash and then got out of the hospital, went back to the freeway and got the bike and rode it home. <laughs> oh, God. Man, those hospitals must have been really same, efficient same back Same day. Then. Because I knew the bike would get towed and it wasn't in my name and oh, I couldn't no. leave it there. Oh, so I did that and that was very hard getting my leg and arm bent again to get on. Uh -huh. And then um, when I uh, dislocated my oh, God. shoulder, yeah. I had to get myself to the hospital. Oh, that's happened to me. Before. And I did that. Fortunately, it was my well, my left hand, which I couldn't support the weight of my arm. But if I set my arm on the grip, it would support it. And, uh, and you so had the strength to pull the clutch in. I had the strength to pull the clutch in, and wow. I had a passenger because she came to take me to the hospital, but her car broke down. Oh Jesus! So <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> she wanted to take the bus, and I'm like, I do not do public transportation. She's even braver than you are, dude. <laughs> yes. And then I kept riding. It was my only transportation with a sling on. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. you know, you do what you got to do, but that when you're in your twenties, yeah. You can get away with that shit. Well, I think the whole deal is is like I want to be able to ride for the rest of my life, and and I had this realization a long time ago. Is it's it's nice to be in good health to be able to do it. And if you're having like rheumatoid issues, 
like gout or some kind of weird joint pain. You know, it sucks, man. And you're old so, yeah. and you're back. And you are not old. Now, I am not so. old. It's it's a genetic thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. Out, but, so. but but you gotta you gotta <laughs> you gotta watch it. You gotta take care of that shit now yeah. because yeah. it's only gonna get worse. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's his left arm and left foot, and I'm like, yeah, dude, you can worst. borrow my scooter if you want. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is, is I didn't mind no. it. I didn't no. like. It's like I don't mind riding a scooter. He'd rather at all. Just, ride in pain. Yeah, you know, it's just. Yeah, it sucks. Ride in yeah. pain. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I want people to send us their riding injured story. I feel oh, like this could go horribly awkward. We would be overwhelmed, I'm sure. Yeah. What was that guy in Brazil who rode to the hospital with a knife stuck in his head? Right? No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're not, that. not a motorcycle. You guys or are a like scooter. this. Yeah. So there's a guy in China who, for some reason, cut his dick off. Right? And then, <laughs> for some reason. For some reason, and then he rides to the hospital, and. They're like, well, hey, if you got your dick, like we can reattach it. And so he rides his bicycle all the way back to his place and grabs his dick and rides all the way back again. Oh my God. And then once he gets to like, sorry, it's been too long. Uh, <laughs> I can't reattach it. So the doctors are taking bets to see if this yeah. guy's actually going to do they, it. They couldn't at least like give him a ride. Yeah, they're or like, they're like, you told him what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, he bought it too. Oh my God, worst joke ever. It's not a joke. It's actually real. No, but I'm saying the doctors, they were probably like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, and since we're getting ready to wrap up, I did want to thank everyone who's still listening to us. Because yeah. <laughs> apparently our April Fool's joke backfired a bit. So it's the you dumbest you, thing ever. I swear to fucking God. I thought they would at least pick up on your terrible acting, not. Who believes anything? I guess on you April figured Fool's out Day. that our mopeds and misfits announcement wasn't April. I can't Fool's believe joke. we would spend the time to do it. That's no deal. Now, granted, I was serious in the things I was saying, but still, do you think this garage is going to turn around and, and adopt mopeds? We lost a bunch of listeners. <laughs> is April Fool's Day like an American phenomenon? Did we lose all our listeners oh, no. from overseas who are like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> It's international. It's very international. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's it's called I critical thinking lesson. day, in my opinion. Well, so yes, thank you for sticking out. with us yeah. Yeah, whoever, <laughs> and for knowing better. Whoever dropped us, they're missing out. Yeah. So they can let the door hit them in the ass or something. Fuck haters. <laughs> so uh, if you want to send us some April Fool's ideas next year, <laughs> you can reach us at recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail.com. You can find us at Facebook slash Recycle Motorcycle. And, uh, um, give us a call. 831 291 5112. Leave a message for us. We'll put it on the air. Yeah. And it's motorcyclesandmisfits.com. This. And <laughs> facebook.com slash recycles. Oh my God. We're so not professional. We're falling apart. Huh? <laughs> I know. I'm We're losing falling it. apart. Hey, I only had a sandwich today. <laughs> so. Why don't you take us out? Bye, everybody. <laughs> That's all, folks. All right. So, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, tonight we had Liza. Good night. Zach. I am Zach. Lucas. Hi. Bagel. I'll leave it at you. Mason. Bye. James. See ya. Donut. Good night. And I'm Knock. And we out. Cool. cool. cool.